everybody and welcome to Yahweh Reddit. This is our John Green season. My name is Laura Petro. I'm one of the hosts. My name is Maggie and I'm the other host. And this episode we are getting into John Green's technically fourth book, third on his own, Paper Towns. You guys probably know of this one. It follows the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope, Margot Spielman. But they all kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's got it's got classic John Green stuff. We got road trips. We got... We got a guy idol idealizing a woman. And for this episode, we are joined, actually, by uh, my girlfriend. Speaking Anna. of idealized women. <laughs> Hi, Anna. <laughs> You're being the girl who I've been talking about nonstop for three seasons. This is my pedestal. I'm kidding. Yeah. You're on my pedestal. You're on my pedestal. I want you to know that. Okay, good. Thanks for having me. Anna, thanks for reading a book for this podcast. I Anytime. feel like I we always thank our guests so much when they come on because we're like, it's not like the easiest ask to be like, will you read a 300-page book and talk about it with us? Like, that's hours of effort. So yeah. thank you. No, it was good. I mean, I read it in high school, so it was a good reminder. Yeah, yeah, you know, I read this in high school, and I had, like, completely forgotten the plot of it. Like, I know, like, she goes away and he's looking for her, but I, like, did not remember, like, their little, like, um, adventure in the beginning of the yeah. book yeah. and things like that. It's weird how forgettable this book was to me. I completely forgot the ending. Yeah. I think it's like I was expecting this. Um, every John Green book follows a formula at some point, yeah. and I'm wondering when it's going to be broken because Abundance of Catherine's was road trip. I mean, Looking for Alaska stayed in one place, but they still kind of went on I think road it's, trip. I think Fault in Our Stars is going to be the break in the formula for us because that's a female protagonist and she has cancer. So <laughs> It will be interesting. It'll be suffer. interesting, but that's not this episode. So this episode is Paper Towns. This is John Green's fourth book. Yes. Yes. And um, let's let's little talk. Let's talk about it. Let's dive in. Um, this book, unlike the other books, gets a little prologue, and it is Quentin, our protagonist, and he's talking about uh, his miracle was getting to live next to Margot Roth Spiegelman in Jefferson Park, which is their suburb in Orlando, Florida. Uh, even right. looking back now that I've read the book, feels like a weird prologue to include in there. Yeah, it kind of goes into the lore of how they became friends, and it's two pages long. We don't really need it. No. But we get it before part one, which is called The Strings. Oh, uh, I didn't even read the names of the parts when I was going through Well, it. it's The Strings. <laughs> and, that, and then The Strings will make sense because this book opens on kind of a downer note. When Quentin and Margot are age nine, they're friends. They end up like hanging out in the park one day and end up seeing just a dead body. Right. Um, yeah. And it's very, very disorienting and jolting for nine year olds, which is understandable. Oh, but yeah. Margot becomes like obsessed with figuring out what happened to this guy. Um, and it ends up in her findings, she hears from one of like his neighbors that like, you know, oh, all of his strings just finally broke or something like that. So, which is crazy for a nine year old. Right. Like, yeah. like this was weirdly, weirdly dark to hear from Margot because it was very much like, she's like, don't worry. I broke into his apartment building and asked his neighbor for sugar so I could get information from her. And he was like, uh-huh. Context. If you're wondering what the strings breaking means, it means he shot himself in the face. Yeah. Is what I think happened, right? I don't I know. I don't know if they sure. ever say explicitly. They do say he did commit suicide. I think yeah, it's with a gun. He shot himself. Yeah. I think he ate yeah. a bunch of poison in the park. I was like, this is very Stand By Me with Stephen King, where the boys find a body. Yeah, but just finish. immediately, not at the end of the movie. John Green said, let's put it in the front and then see yeah. what happens. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're trauma bonded after this. Yeah. You know, as you do. And Margot has her little string theory. She figures out everything. And this is kind of the last interaction that they have for a while. Yeah. Because then it speeds up to high school and we're getting to know Quentin's friends. There's Ben, his best friend in band. Um, and then there's also Radar. Who's also in band. Who's also in band. But Quentin's not in band. No. Yeah. No. He just goes and stands by them. Yeah. Outside of the band room. Ben, yeah, Ben's not in band. Hard sentence to say. Radar (laughs) also has, like, a little quirk that he edits what I believe is the Paper Towns version of their Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's called Omnictionary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and during this whole, like, introductory sequence, we learn, now that I'm realizing with, like, Radar and Ben being in, like, band, Quentin doesn't really have hobbies other than, like, hanging with Radar and Ben and playing video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's his high school niche? Yeah. He's just on the outside. He's just kind of there. Um, but we learn that Quentin's very contrarian. He's not gonna go to prom. Um, and Ben is really trying to go to prom but he can't because one time he classic had, he had like a kidney infection so he was peeing blood so everybody was calling him bloody ben and thought something was wrong with him which is honestly really funny they had they thought he had like a chronic masturbation yeah problem. yeah yeah margo's bestie said told everyone that it was chronic masturbation yeah. which that is so embarrassing sad. so embarrassing there is this one guy i saw our friend john spillane do stand up and he had a whole bit about the first time he masturbated um he thought that he had like the friction of his penis i think this is such a funny joke um like heated up his bone and then it it disintegrated and then he thought that the cum was his bone no coming out and he, tried to, he tried to stuff it back in the first time he masturbated oh he thought it was Wolverine or something i think it is so That's- funny so funny. <laughs> I've never heard, heard him say that joke. I have another dick joke that I remember of his, but it's not that one. That's so funny. Oh, it is my favorite story to tell people. So, oh I mean, God. you know, Bloody Ben could have suffered that fate, which I feel like which, he would get maybe... Not as bad as our buddy John. Um, Jesus. But Radar does have a girlfriend. Radar is somehow the most, like, fleshed out of these three friends. Uh, he has a girlfriend. He's in band. He has a third hobby as well, which is the Omnictionary. He's a coder. He's a coder third mysterious cool guys code <laughs> um no but he has a girlfriend named angela who's like really cool and nice so yeah. uh, he's got he's got good things going for him yeah. oh he's got great things going for him and and john green has great things going for his gay readers because we are also introduced to chuck a greasy football player who comes by and immediately drops the f slur which i actually think is a new oh, one for I, him i, I don't feel- think we've gotten an f slur yet because i would have brought it up i think we got it in abundance of Catherine's briefly oh did we mention that yeah, oh, okay. we got, I think we yeah. got it in the, the fight in the end of Abundance of Catherine's. But you know there was what? also so much going on in Abundance of Catherine's, I think we all blacked it out. <laughs> you gotta have true. more. Yeah, is. exactly. Well, we get a lot in this. You know, <laughs> you know the R word is like John's Green, John Green's gold medal. The F slur is like John Green's silver medal. Silver, yeah. It's pretty interesting, too, because of the things that he drops, as we know, in Abundance of Catherine's and the things that are yet to come in this one, the only one that I could publicly find that he apologized for was using, uh, being ableist, the, the R slur. Oh, so, really? No homophobia, no, no None of the other ones? Yeah. Maybe he's just like... A really big ally. <laughs> I guess so. But Chuck is, you know, that 80s guy calls you a gay and um, calls, calls you a gay. Calls you a gay. Calls you, says fuck them gays. Um yeah. that happen in high school? Like anybody just walk in and be like, hey you. No, no. I mean I got anybody called, was that aggressive? I got I called know. the F slur lovingly. 
Yeah. But and I internalized <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Also, during this scene, uh, while Chuck's approaching them, uh, Quentin has a moment where he just decides to stare at Margot and her boyfriend, Jace. Which is short for Jason. But I did not know that. Was yeah, Jason. Jace? Jason. Jace, Jason. Like yeah. Jax is short for Jason on Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep up. No, I'm kidding. Um, but at lunch this day, Angela Radar's uh, girlfriend, who is seldomly in the book, she comes up to Quentin and Ben and says, "Hey, is there something wrong with me? Why won't Radar invite me over to his house?" Uh, and we learn it's because Radar's parents have the largest collection of oh black, black Santa figurines oh my God. in the world. You know what's really funny? Meg didn't know until the very end, and I told them that um, Radar is black. So it made oh, like, yeah. the whole book thinking that he I was didn't black. Oh, it had the black Santa. Yeah, it was very much emphasized that he was black. For yeah. like a paragraph, they explained him being black. Yeah. It is interesting, because I do know later on there's a paragraph where John Green... Okay, this book is really interesting because... Un, like pre unlike previous books where John Green will just unapologetically do do homophobia or racism, he'll do it in these books, but then kind of um come out of himself and be like, well, actually, it's it's really progressive because and he did it with the Black Santa thing where where they were like, we just want the collections because we want to prove Santa's not always white, which is. A, a fine practice in theory, just weird for, like, a white author to make that the motif. Mm-hmm. And then also, when Chuck keeps calling everyone Esslers, um, Quentin is like, I mean, I'm not, but, like, anyone who wants to be, that's fine. But I gotta emphasize that I'm not gay. And it's, yeah. it was, it was very weird of, like, being conscious that he's writing about it. Yeah. And still being like, but I gotta write it, about it. It's so close to getting the Yeah, point. yeah. So I close. think there's, like, a sexism thing in here, too, where he, like, oh, tries to, he has, like, a guy call out, like, sexism or something. Or maybe yeah, that was Q, No, no, Q called it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he that said to Lacey, it. he was like, don't say that, that's sexist. She was like, uh, the cashier's gonna be a guy. And he's like. No, don't be sexy. Yeah, the cashier can sometimes be a girl. Girl, like, yeah. It was like, okay, yeah, it's well-intentioned, but really missing a mark mark there. <laughs> really weird. So, Radar, as we know, his family, Guinness Book of World Records for this. And they're, like, rich, so. Yeah, they're it's, rich. And they're rich, Radar's, so. Oh, yeah. And so that is the reason he does not want Angela to come over. Meanwhile, Valid. later that night, Quentin is super excited. Graduation's close. He's, like, really over this whole high school thing. Same. I was there, too. I I think I was really excited for the next chapter, and then I realized p- people in college are narcissists, and it's pretty crazy. I met some pretty wild people in college. Pretty wild. Anyway, <laughs> that's the T for trauma. Um, Quentin is really excited. He's going to go to bed, and around midnight, Margot appears in his window. Uh oh, and he makes this like notion and just has to point out that this is the first time she's shown up to his window in nine years. Um, And Margo's not here to romanticize anything much like um, Quentin is right now. She's here to just say, hey, put on some pants. I need your help with something. Put on some pants. I'm wearing complete um, black face paint. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) Quentin's like, is this like a sex thing? No. (laughs) Why am I into it? Yeah. uh, She says, hey, I need a driver to do 11 tasks with me tonight. Um, And this is, I think, one of my favorite... um, we talk a lot about in the uh, Abundance of Catherine's that John Green wasn't a good com- comedy writer, and he got a lot better in this book because the fact that she's like telling Quentin, "Oh, we have to do these eleven tasks," and then her dad shows up in her room and is like, "Margo, get back to bed! Like, why are you in Quentin's room?" Okay, comedic yeah, timing was a really good. 
good like comedic time timed out thing. Yeah. I do think he he found his stride, and I think his publisher was like, "Buddy, looking for Alaska was too sad. Abundance yeah. for Catherine's. We did a little bit of some alt comedy stuff that was weird. Yeah, that was not <laughs> funny. Find the middle ground. Find the middle ground. Mainstream." Um, and I feel like he did find some good middle ground in here. There's parts of this book that are actually, like, I was like, that's really funny. I do. I really liked the first 88 pages when we're going over the 11 tasks. She goes back to her house. She's like, let me just make my dad happy for a bit and pretend that I'm home. And then she's right back in his window. Like, okay, buddy, we gotta right. go. But Get your has van. a problem. He only has the keys to his mom's minivan. Yep. But the minivan will work out just fine. Uh, and we also learned that Margot had to, like, pay her sister to sleep in her bedroom because Margot's parents have a baby monitor in right. her room because she sneaks out so often. The parents are the problem. Yeah. This is, like, that one TikTok. Did you guys see on Twitter this woman took the door off of her daughter's bedroom and I people seen... were livid? Oh, my God. I t- I've heard of, like, parents doing that. Like, yeah. oh, you don't get privacy. And it's like, give a person privacy. That's messed oh, up. That's not... God. You don't punish somebody by taking away their privacy. Yeah. That's Jesus. Like... You can take away, like, their phone. Like, that's a punishment. Yeah. yeah. Video games. Jesus. Anyway. Or send them to their room. Let them hang out by themselves for a little bit. That's yeah. Kind of, that's a nice punishment. That would give me so much anxiety if the door was just off the hinges. Right? Yeah. Like, Jesus. It'd be awful. And we get the feel that Margot's parents are, like, a little bit of this. The, yeah. It seems like if she has a, a basis for escape. Oh, yeah. And she's going to do it. For her at nine to be saying the strings broke, like, yeah, like, she's, some, she's been through hell yeah, at that point. Yeah, no, her, her parents suck. Yeah. Uh, their first stop is Publix and then Walmart because they have to get the things for the for what Margot is calling the best night of your life to Quentin. So Margot's like, hey, you're along for this ride. She gives him a big old shopping list and they go through everything. Um, it's things like Mountain Dew and just fish, random things baby. are on there. She's like baby, mommy, and daddy Vaseline. Yeah, she <laughs> yep. explains what the different sizes of Vaseline. Three catfish, V, Mountain Dew, dozen tulips, water, tissues, and a can of blue spray paint with her bar mitzvah money. So she yeah. got $300. She's rolling in it. Yeah. Um, and then they, at Walmart, they finish up the shopping list. Um, and they even pretend to be cousins to the Walmart cashier because they think that would be funny. And dating. And dating. Whoa. And Quentin really leans into the dating aspect of it. Kind of steers away from the cousins part, but I know, he's like, getting closer. He does like a joke like, if that's the case, you're my favorite cousin. And it's like, Quentin, what if you had a hot cousin then? <laughs> what are the Wait boundaries? a minute. Wait a minute. John Quentin. Green's like, I'll be funny. Here's a cousin joke. Yeah. Um, and now Margo's gonna fill in Quentin on why they're going on this, like, rip-roaring night-long adventure, and the basis of it is that Jace is hooking up with her best friend, Becca, and Margo's not gonna let that fly. So, um, we find out that, uh, the, um, first part of this is essentially to put a lock on Jace's car steering wheel, um, so that he can't drive it. But we don't know why yet. Really smart of her to pre So he can't go and cheat. Yeah, well, he's already <laughs> cheating at the moment, is what we learned. He's Shit. in Becca's basement having sex with her. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Oof. Um, so what he's gonna, what Marco's gonna do is she has Quentin call Becca's dad and say, hey, your daughter's having sex in the basement right now. <laughs> um, and this was part two of the plan. And part three is watch um, Jace run naked out of the house and Quentin takes a picture of him. Flash photo, penis Yikes. flaccid, and they're like, it is small. But listen, he is probably afraid. <laughs> he probably doesn't know what's going on. But they're also... He's probably in hiding, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 
There's but, a lot of scientific reasons he's probably... But we got there also like are micro-penises in the world. Yeah. There are. And yes, they're, they're out there right now. One of the discussion <laughs> questions in the back of the book is, what size do you think Jesus' penis actually is? We're saying What's normalize... your opinion on micro-penises? <laughs> We're saying don't body shame Jace, normalize the small penises, body shame Ben for the big balls stuff. Okay? Yeah, that, that was a little... Weird. That's also weird. If I saw a guy with huge balls, I'd be like... <laughs> That's a problem. I feel like I knew a guy who always joked about his huge balls. I'm like, what's what's going on, bud? Yeah. God. <laughs> and, like, balls are so weird to begin with. Like, that's the worst body part to brag about having, like, good of. Never got why the high school guys would be like, I, like, teabagged and just, like, laid them somewhere. And I was like, are you yeah. proud of that? Because why are they long enough to lay? Is it a territory thing? I don't know. Why isn't there a term for that with girls with really big boobs who, like, <laughs> also, like, put I their boobs down? I thought you were going to say with lady. <laughs> on our podcast yeah yeah wow we're talking about boobs yeah we're talking about books we're talking about labia we're talking about balls (laughs) yep and And we're talking about not body shaming small penises and that's exactly what jace does small penis out running legs on he's proud he's proud he's sprinting (laughs) he is starting the free the nip on instagram hashtag free the tip free the tip tip. okay trademark that And, um, Quentin feels bad in this moment. He throws Jace a shirt because he's like, let's give this guy a bone. Come on. Yeah, this is after part four where they they took the clothes. They snuck into the basement, took the clothes. Um, and Margo has spray painted an M and leaves behind a fish that's like, your friendship with Margo Spielman sleeps with the fishes Right, and that's all, that, that's part five. So now, um, Quentin gives, um, Jace some clothes back and Margo's like, buddy. That's not the mission. We're not helping him. He's yeah. like, I'm an ally to and men. And Quentin's like, yeah. I'm not body shaming him for his mission. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, after this, Margot gets a little bit upset. Um, and the reason she's upset, she kind of breaks down. She's like, I just wish he wasn't cheating. And Yeah, she didn't want it to be true. Our next step, since I do feel bad, I kind of shot the messenger who told me he was cheating is Karen. So they go to Karen's house. And they drop off a ton of tulips. Um, and then forget about Karen, because she never shows up. She never, never again. shows up. Karen with an eye. Karen with an eye. I know, I had that in my notes, and I was like, did I just spell Karen wrong? And nope, <laughs> uh, that's just how it's spelled in the book. Nope. Um, part seven is, we're back on Jace. He still sucks, so he we're going to leave him a fish. Um, so they go and do that, and then part eight is uh, giving a fish to Lacey because we think she has known about this affair the whole time. Yeah. And also we learn that Lacey's been kind of like a body shamer type of friend where she does kind of like backhanded compliments. Yeah. Which is not cool. No, it's not cool. Especially if it's subtle like that. Yeah, but get ready because Lacey's about to become a very important character in this book. And I wish it was Karen. Give us Karen. I know. We no, got a redemption like arc for, for <laughs> Yeah, Lacey's Lacey. kind of nice. Um, and then that puts us, do, 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 part seven. Nope, we already did part seven. And we did part eight. Part nine, the SunTrust building. Yep, so after they absolutely destroyed Lacey by not only giving her a fish, they smash it, um, in her car with the, the the guts fly everywhere. Yeah. Awful. 
they go to the SunTrust building and Quentin's like, it's like 3 a.m. Why are we going here? And Margo's like, don't worry, I have an inn. As if, like, randomly knowing the doorman at the SunTrust building is really cool. Actually, it would be kind of cool to be able to go up there. I know, yeah. Because this guy, Gus, he, like, apparently graduated, like, three or four years ago. And he's like, hey, Margo. But it's a little creepy. It's weird. she was like, he would take me around when I was 13 years old to, like, all different yeah. places. I'm like, 13 and an 18-year-old? Yeah. yeah. But, but it's she, paying off she now had because she gets to the trust building. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have to take the stairs, though, because uh, elevators were shut down for the night. Um, Quentin's probably right behind her watching her little booty go up nine stairs. Oh, Dang. for sure. Oh, oh you know. He that was, was pining the whole time. Yeah. yeah. He, he was basically drooling this entire 80 pages of this adventure. Yeah. yeah. So they get to the top of the building, and she gives a little monologue on how there's all these paper people and their paper towns with their paper problems. Call that Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> and she's like, maybe things would have been different if I hung out with you. And hey, he's like, hey, things can be different now. I'll keep a spot for you at the cafeteria. We can both wait outside band and have no hobbies yeah. outside of our friends. Quentin has no chill. Like, love me now. Stay. We can change. And she's like, no, I'm tired of, uh... I'm tired of capitalism. I yeah. want community. Yeah, yeah. She's she's very much like over over her her little life, and she is is convinced that all of it is stupid, and she has to leave. But before she leaves, she's like, "I'll give you one present, and that is you get to pick a victim of not fishing. It, you're not putting the fish in there. No. Um, much worse. Much worse. <laughs> a third and she rightfully thing. calls picks Chris for calling him gay. Chuck. Um, Chuck. Oh, Chuck. Why did I write Chris? I have no idea, Maggie. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> um, you just know him better. Yeah. I don't know. So you guys they hate go more. to. Oh, shit. I put Chris again. So they go to Chuck's, <laughs> and Marco is really confident she knows where she lives. She's like, I got this. Don't worry. They don't got it. They accidentally break into an old man's house. So they have to call up Ben, who hacks radar, like, knows all of radar's passwords. And, and radar oh, has yeah. a password to, like, this school database, so they get um, this address very quickly. That was insane. Um, also, like, so fast. if yeah. my phone rang at three in the morning, I wouldn't freaking hear it. Like, no. How, how do you wake up to that? Ben's just up all the time. Yeah. He called him, like, multiple times, but as we know, I, I'm always on Do Not Disturb. Yeah. Um, I'm always awake, so I, yeah, I would I pick forget up. that you're a vampire. <laughs> I just wander the halls at night. That's honestly. so beautiful. You can call Anna. Anna will come get you. Yeah, Anna, <laughs> Anna knows my passwords to the database. Exactly. Um, so then they do get the right address. They go into Chuck's house. Uh, and then we learn that uh, Margot's big plan for um, her basically pushing Quentin into saying, you have to pick someone for us to play a prank on. And then she literally nudges him and she's like, what about Chuck? And he goes, yeah, okay. Like, sure. So she kind of planned this whole thing. She was like, um, I don't have any enemies. I'm Luxembourg. Yeah, she's like, it was, it's Chuck. We're going to go to Chuck's house. Yeah. Uh, and they put meat on one of his eyebrows. And then they're going to put all Vaseline on all of the doors. So when they escape, it's really hard for people to track them down. Which is smart, honestly. Yeah. They're like, dude, if I had my eyebrows beaded off in high school, I would be in shambles. Yeah. <laughs> I would be stressed as fuck. I also, I drop out. I can't I help. Too. I can't help but think about the texture of like gouging my hand into a scoop of Vaseline to rub on a door handle. Oh. That sounds so off-putting to me. Oh, it sounds That'd awful. be a prank on myself. I wouldn't yeah. like doing that part. Because <laughs> they, they got a daddy Vaseline. Yeah. Daddy like, that's Vaseline. a big one. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll last you a decade. <laughs> with, but with <laughs> though Laura has aversions to Vaseline, they decide that this Vaseline moment and this successful prank of beating Chuck's eyebrows off deserves a little celebration. 
So they head to SeaWorld. Part 11, baby. Where they're going to break in. Margo has it all planned out. It's like, we're going to drive up to the souvenir section. Um, There's one souvenir shop that is kind of off by itself. And there's a fence that we can climb, but we got to go through like a moat. Yeah. Yeah. Margo's got it all figured out. But something that's really important is when, you know, Margo's like, here's our big grand finale. We're going to go to SeaWorld because we deserve a treat. Um, Quentin's not happy about this. Quentin's like, that's literally illegal. You said we weren't going to do anything illegal tonight. Yeah, you got into, like, Dartmouth or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, they have some, they have a big, they have a big, like, spat here of, like, Quentin being like, I have driven you around all night. I'm not doing this. And she was like, no, I picked you to do this. And you yeah. picked me to come along with this. I didn't need you for this, Quentin. You agreed to do this. And this is what you get. I, she, like... Kind of gaslights him and is like, I was the one helping you. Yeah, was he? And it's very, very funny, but... Hey, Icon. I also, uh, <laughs> like, there's a few, like, moments like this between him and Margot that are, like, really, really tense and very bickery, and I like them because it's just, like, because she's not a perfect girl and he keeps thinking that she is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does get really won over easily into going into SeaWorld, too, because she's, like, the dead body. And he's like, oh, you're right, we trauma bonded. Yeah. And he's, he's right back into going. So they get to the place they get to. They go through the freaking moat. Margot gets bit by a snake. Quentin, no questions asked. He's going down. I thought she was dumb. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna suck that venom right out. Oh my god, I forgot about that. And then he they immediately realize it's a garden snake. (laughs) I'd be so embarrassed. I'd be so embarrassed. But But also, like, what if you what if he saw and he's like, oh, it's a garden snake. But anyway, yeah. (laughs) He's like, no, I'm getting back in there. What's interesting though is like, you figure living in Florida, they have all these little creepy crawlies. You think like check first, like. Hey, what kind of snake was it? Yeah, because how long does it take for poison to enter your body? I think I it depends no on the idea. type of it depends on the type of poison. Yeah, because like you know, like if you get bit by certain poison spiders, it's like you're dead in twelve hours. But like if you get by other poison spiders, it's like three days or something. Yeah, also, I don't know for snakes. It's yeah. like no matter how much you like her, you guys are kind of strangers. Like you don't know each other like that, and I yeah. feel like that would make me be like, Ugh, well, why do I have to? Yeah, you know, why do I have to? I, well, why do I have to? Thing? I would just pat it or she something. She didn't even say. Get this venom out of me. He, on his own accord, said, I, I got, got this. I got it. <laughs> I feel like that would be a TV moment where, like, he's just going for it, and I would make eye contact with the camera and be like, what the Oh, fuck? 100%. What the fuck is happening? This, honestly, this entire book, if this was made into, like, a mockumentary-style TV show, would actually be really good. <laughs> oh, my God. It really It would, would honestly, I think it would translate really well. So, as you might have guessed, the snake, it is not poisonous. It's, it's not poisonous. It's a garden snake. Uh, they break into SeaWorld, and Quentin gets his big moment where they get to slow dance together and this is really important for Quentin because he never forgot when Margot denied him the right to the foxtrot in sixth grade yeah and then told everybody else yeah. not to dance with him too yeah and this was after Pretty they had real. to buy off the security guard who busted them immediately when they walked through the doors he was like all right get on out of here <laughs> he's like you're yeah. hot but focusing on the dancing they get to dance when they hear some little jazzy music come on um, and then they're on the drive back. They go get some like dish towels from 7 Eleven. Mm-hmm. And you know, Margo's being Margo again. It's like, wow, I'm really gonna miss doing these types of things with you, Q, and like hanging out with you. Yeah. Gaslighter extraordinaire because the last time they hung out was like, what do you mean? Seven years ago? Yeah. Very mysterious. I was like, this girl's gonna die. Yeah. She's, oh, what? She's, so I was yeah. like, oh, she's on her way out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that is the end of. 
part one. This book is uh, in parts, much like Looking for Alaska, but Looking for Alaska was obviously in two parts. This book is three parts. Yep. Um, so part two is Quentin waking up after his little 30 minutes of sleep after his big night with Margot. Yep, part two, the grass, he's foggy for school, um, but he is very excited to see Margot. He doesn't see her right away. <laughs> Despite the fact that she told him multiple times, like, yeah. Just completely went over his yeah, head. Yeah, like. It... <laughs> She's coming back. I I know Margot. Right. Oh, he sure does. <laughs> he does. She isn't at school, though. He's like, maybe she probably slept in. I'm just going to go to lunch. And at lunch, he's like really tired. He's like, Ben, can I go sleep in your car for a little bit? And he relays the night to Ben because, as we know, he called Ben in the middle of the night. So Ben's kind of like, hey, catch me up, buddy. What is going on? Yeah. The um, next day, he also notices her car isn't in the driveway, her driveway at all, which is bad news. Um, yeah. Bad news for everyone because it means that her friends are going to get kind of, like, vicious with their pranks at school. Yeah, yeah. The the popular people are are mad because, obviously, someone has played pranks on so many of them. They've yeah. already seen Chuck without his eyebrows. So now they're just, like, wreaking havoc on all of, like, the band kids, essentially, like... They're uh, squirting piss guns at people. Which is insane. Which is insane. Who? How? <laughs> Who, Who took this how? out? Who was like peeing this cup? And Thanks so much. Like and now I'm going to pour it into the cup. Well, they also keep saying that it's animal pee. But then it, But they're like, they don't know. But then they say they don't know. Yeah. Um, and then they're like ruining people's bikes and it's bad. So Q is going to be... Mr. Robin Hood. The hero. A hero. He's going to email Jace from a fake um, email. And he's list of demands. He's blackmailing him. He's going to do it to him. Yeah. yeah. And Jace is immediately like, shut up, Quentin. I know it's you. What the fuck That is do you so want? embarrassing. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> but he this... was like, he used the words colleague and like yeah. members of your clan. Right. Like, who sounds like that? Nerd. Yeah, he was like when people who are communists are like, my brother in arms, comrade. Yeah. Remember they called him comrade? Yeah. That is him. So, yeah. I, I knew people like that, honestly. Equally devastating was the attachment of the penis photo. Equally and devastating. Like, like, what? Um. So, Jace is like, I will get Ch- uh, Chuck to issue an apology to everyone and give $200, which is much more important than I love that he slipped that in. Yeah, they have to pay for all the bikes that they broke. And they broke, like, multiple bikes. So I was like, where are they getting this money? But yeah, never afford it. He's never rich. Explained. Quint- Quentin is on the come up. I mean, he's winning. He's putting people in place until Ben sleeps over the next day and we get trouble in paradise. There's a detective that shows up with Margot's parents, and the detective is like, hey, buddy, do you know where Margot is? And Margot's parents, like, don't listen to the conversation of the detective being like, hey, let's talk about what's going on. Yeah. Her parents, on the other hand, are going to be like, man, she's so annoying. She always does this. This is so embarrassing. She can just stay out there for yeah. all we care. Like, oh, she always leaves her little freaking clues anytime she runs away. And they also are like, thank God she's gone. We already changed the locks. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they she's 18 her. now, so bye. Oh um, so the cop's like, yeesh. And he asks uh, Quentin if he can just kind of talk one-on-one with him. And he's like, hey, like, can you can you tell me a little bit more about, like, what happened? And Quentin's like, I don't know. Like, and Quentin does kind of fill him in immediately on, like, everything they did. And Quentin does learn, very importantly, that... Um, Margot will often leave clues for her parents about, like, where she's going, yeah. which makes him think that she wants to be found. And coincidentally, yeah. 
When he goes upstairs to his bedroom, he sees a Woody Guthrie poster on the back of her shades in her bedroom, which faces um, his bedroom. And he's like, wow, this clue is for me. This is meant for me. Yeah. This is for me. He's like, it's a clue. He's staring at me. She wants yeah. me to find her. This is a romance <laughs> movie now. Yep. Um, so he enlists Ben and Radar, who never ask questions, uh, apparently, because <laughs> they really will They do just any- do it. They'll they do, do anything for teens in this book. They uh, go and bribe Ruthie, her sister, while her parents are out and to get into Margot's room. And they're looking for anything out of the ordinary. And they find a Walt Whitman book um, that has been highlighted. And they're like, okay, here's our next clue. Um, And they're looking for answers in there. And that is what Quentin keeps doing. He keeps reading this one song of myself poem throughout. It's a long poem. It is. It's a yeah, really it's a thick, long poem. I think it's like a thick it's book. It's like a book. Yeah, yeah I remember. It's long. Yeah. It's like 80 pages. Um, that's the longest book I've ever That's a long poem. <laughs> so he finally has a hobby. It's poetry. And <laughs> at school the next day, he's kind of, people are like, Quentin, you're the man. Because he was the last one to see Margo alive. Yeah. Quentin was on the come up. He could just follow this. He's a cool this. kid. Yeah. yeah. And, and now Lacey's kind of like buddying up to these three and she's like hey like man I know you put the fish in like my like car like that's totally fine I just want you to know like I didn't know about the Jace and Becca situation and I think Margo's in New York and she really misses her too so she kind of wants to help any way she can which is Um, sweet yeah so she's gonna kind of start hanging out um during this entire sequence is when we do get our R word drop, which it's yes. not a strong green book without our R word drop. R word on I, page 125. I, on yep. page 125. I just wrote, yikes. I did not write down the context. Um, uh, it was, uh, oh, it was Ben uh, saying, oh, I know, because there was a clue in, in the in the poetry book about door hinges uh, or something. Yes. And then he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I bet you have to take apart a door hinge and then, like, yeah. the note will be in there. So, yeah. And that's what they're going to do. They go back to Margot's house and uh, her parents aren't home and they go and br- take off her door. Yeah. They unscrew, yep, they unscrew the locks from the door, but there is nothing there. This, this uh, metaphysical, like, metaphysical metaphor that they were like this'll this'll do it there's nothing there so <laughs> but ben, the door. ben and radar here like they can't pick a side i feel like they teeter between like quentin you gotta stop thinking about her to like you gotta go find her in new york because like they just are immediately like well Lacey said she's probably there yeah. so just go yeah. yeah and it's just like okay guys pick a side they, they anytime he he would come up with a clue they'd be like okay i'm done okay yeah. again i let's do it again 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 again, again. <laughs> yeah um, Quentin eventually does realize, like, oh, I should take off my door right. from my room. And he ends up finding a note with an address on it. So, like, something's brewing. Yeah. He calls Ben. He's like, I'm going tonight. I'm going to do it. And Ben's like, no, no, wait. We got to go at a time when I can go, too. Because the prom is coming up, and Ben has scored Lacey. Because Lacey dumped her boyfriend, so Ben is, Ben's not, Ben does not want to shoot himself in the foot here. He's like, I got, we got to talk about Look, I'm never going to get laid again. Yeah. Exactly. So, players. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So, Ben and Radar decide to play sick along with Q so they can all go to this uh, address. And it's an abandoned strip mall um, that smells horrible. Yeah, they find a dead raccoon. Oh, um, yeah. And they thought at first it was a dead body. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably think that, too. Yeah. If she was mysteriously just, like, gone all of a sudden, I'd be like, dang, my friend's dead. And so, you know that smells rancid in the summers. Yeah. It's a really awful place. A lot of, like, dead sewage. There's calendars that look like um, the office has been untouched since 1986. So you can imagine the kind of decay of this 2008 book, if that is the time frame we're working with. 
And Margo has graffitied that you will go to the paper towns and you will never come back. And at this point, I I would think she killed herself. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So Quentin kind of does what I, I think any of us would do in a situation. They call the detective and they're like, hey, I found something. I think Can you come dead. pick me up? I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, if I was in high school, I feel like that would be like my logical clue. Yeah. I'd be like, I have to call an official person. And I the can't detective, I call an adult. The detective doubles down and gives Quentin this... Like, such ominous monologue where he's like, hey, to you, this one person is one balloon let go in the sky. But yeah. for me, all of the balloons look alike when they run away. And if you keep looking for this balloon in the sky, you'll cut the cord to yours, too. And once again, Whoa. I'd be like, okay, so she definitely killed her. Yeah! And um, Quentin ends up, like, crying after this because he just, like, misses her. That's a heavy conversation yeah. to have. That's an insane Somebody tell her, yeah. like, look, she's probably dead. Just give up. Um, but Quentin's not going to talk to someone he knows has to be nice to him. He's going to go talk to his teacher about Walt Whitman. Whitman. <laughs> And we get, like, a few pages of, like, her kind of explaining, like, Walt Whitman's, like, deal in Song of Myself. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, this didn't help. And meanwhile, she's like, well, maybe it represents, like, you know, how we're all connected. Like, the grass is, like, yeah. underneath us. And he's like, that sucks. That's stupid. <laughs> he's like, poetry's gay. <laughs> Poetry is gay, and that's why Chuck beats him up. Uh... <laughs> And he's also doubly frustrated because his friends want to do something for themselves and be excited for prom, and Quentin just wants to chase this idea of a person, and since he's not going to prom, he lies to his parents, says he is, but instead he's just gonna go look around these things called, like, pseudo-subdivisions. Yeah. Yeah. I assume they were, like, cul-de-sacs. I don't know. They're they're what the Wikipedia said was a paper town, and it's... Yeah. I don't know. It seems like a neighborhood. Yeah. He, he also goes to the mini-mall again and just, like, hangs out with Margot's stuff and, like... Feels comforted Yeah, and, like, reads that. the book. He finds a blanket and, and like, that smells like her and ben, just smells it. Ben literally calls him and is like, hey, dude, come to this party. We're in high school about to graduate. At 3 a.m. after he's fallen asleep in this abandoned strip mall. He's like, yeah. can, but he he finds his, the, the towel. Like, the, the, the yeah. towel that she was sleeping on. He's like, holy shit, maybe she is alive. Yeah, I don't... It, this was... Honestly, this was a little weird. I was like, buddy, like, do something fun for once. He finds a book here. It's called Roadside America, Your Travel Guide from 1998. And I guess the travel guides will come in later... In handy later, but like Laura said, Ben has called him, so he is off to this party at 3 a.m. because Ben is drunk. And they need a designated driver. When they get to this party, Ben is wasted. Uh, to double down on what Maggie said, he's beautifully wasted. He does a keg he's stand that is 63 seconds long. Like uh, that is impossible. How? How do you not die? Stand? I've never done a keg stand. I've done 22, and I was Wait, impressed by that. You've done 22. I've done one. What? Like, 22? Oh, 22 seconds. seconds. Oh, I thought you said no, no, 22 no, 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 no. keg you stands. Time. In, in a row. <laughs> no, no, no. They time you while you're upside down. Yeah. I think they counted to 10 for me. Maybe. There you go. That's oh, pretty I, impressive. I don't want to brag. Where is going to do a keg stand? <laughs> I got to do a keg stand before I graduate. Um, <laughs> They're hard. Let's go crazy. Yeah. Quentin is also, I feel like he's being like, uh, he since he's sober at this party, he's turned into like lurker. Yeah, like, he ends up judgy. like he ends up yeah. like watching like Becca and Jace hooking. That up. was weird. He's that like, creepy. He's like, I stopped to watch them because when am I ever gonna see Becca's boobs? Right? Well, I don't know. Quentin, like, <laughs> maybe you're not supposed to see Becca's boobs. Have you thought about that? Oh my god, I know. And Jace 
ends up calling Becca Margot, and then they have oh. this huge fight. So he's like, well, great. Now I'm not going to get to see anybody fuck today. <laughs> he, why would you want to do that? He stomps off angry. He's like, I got to piss anyway. So he goes to the bathroom, and he's peeing, and Lacey is uh, in the bathtub, and she's crying because Becca told everyone that she had an STD, and Lacey's like, it was one time. <laughs> Damn. But the, he ends up hanging out in the bathtub with her, which is actually, like, kind of nice since she's feeling very isolated. She was like, this isn't a come on. Yeah. Come and then the um, when Ben is finally ready to leave, he has super glued a beer sword to his hand. Beautiful. And he says that they all have to go naked underneath their grads, uh, graduation gowns. And Radar, Quentin, and um, him all agree that they're They going all to agreed this. immediately. Yeah. And Q, stone cold sober, agreed too. Yeah, which, again, I'm arguing him as a pervert. <laughs> He's like, yes, just, I want my friend to go sense. naked. Yeah, he literally was like sniffing a girl's towel she left behind. And then he's going to go watch people maybe have sex. He's now he's going to go naked under his graduation gown. Like, <laughs> Quentin, you're on, a, you're on a road you can't come back from. Yeah, exactly. He deserves to be the boring designated driver. And I thought this part was funny when Ben was like, um, he comes up, he goes up to Casey, who he previously asked to go to prom, and he's like, can we kiss? And she's like, yeah, but he doesn't kiss her. And he's like, so happy. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, Cassie said yes. <laughs> that was so good. Because he that was, was really like, funny. Casey, I have thought about kissing you every day for the last three years. And she's like, let's do it. And then he turns around to Quentin and is like, she said she would. <laughs> I feel like that was me in college. I was like, they would be like, yeah, I'll kiss you. And I'm like, that's enough for me. You're like, like, well, you I win it. The rest, the rest sounds like a lot of effort. You did it. You win. You win the game. Uh, so Ben is getting driven home by Quentin. Lacey gives him a little smooch on the mouth while he is passed out, which is very sweet, before she... Uh, toddles off to her home. She's like And ben. the next morning, Quentin's, you know, on his uh, sleuthing brigade again, and he's calling both Radar and Ben, and he's mad that they're both too hungover to help him talk about Margo again. <laughs> but what about me? Like, <laughs> right, like buddy, shut up. Well, here's um, dude, let Ben have his moment. Come yeah. Ben, ben stays asleep, but Radar comes over. He does call Quentin out. He's like, dude, you need to calm this down. This is too much. It yeah, is that's great. Real. It's a great monologue. Yeah. He's like, I know you have a problem with Ben. You need to stop expecting people to not be themselves. I could have a ton of problems with you, but I love you because of who you are. And I was like, that is great. Love people for who they are. Yeah. Great yeah. message. So Quentin decides he's going to listen to music instead. The music okay. that Margot likes. I'm not going to try to change people. Um, and somehow, not what Radar was saying, but him listening to the music is what makes him realize that Margot's a person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's his conclusion. He goes... Oh, Margot exists outside of the version that I have of her in my head. It was like this long paragraph. I'm like, Margot's just a girl at the like, end. Like, okay. She, she's just Correct. a girl. <laughs> and he's kind of almost getting there. They head to the mini mall and he runs into Gus and the guy who was the security guard at the SunTrust building and all of Gus's friends. And Gus is like, hey, Margot's been coming to these abandoned buildings with us since like she was 13 and she just writes in her notebook and just wants to sit and be all alone. And then Quentin is like, and other people have versions of Margot too. <laughs> like, what is? Like, wait, why are you backtracking, Quentin? You were so close. It's like Margot's always so close. Or Margot likes a lot of different things. Yeah, because Mar Margot's a three-dimensional person. And Gus's group of friends are like, Margot would come here from time to time. She would explore. She always kind of seemed depressed. And Lacey's really pissed off about this. She's like, depressed? 
Why didn't you ever tell anyone? And My they, Margo? They never. call her a bitch, which I think is a bit extreme for her. That's too much. Oh, yeah. yeah the yeah. guys were like, where is this bitch or something? Yeah, Ben does end up attacking one of the guys for saying that, though, because Ben is a feminist. Weirdly the yes. most feminist person in this book. <laughs> I love that. He has that. the biggest balls. He has the yeah. biggest Actually, no, balls. I think maybe Radar might be the biggest feminist, and then Ben. Quentin is last. Oh, <laughs> dead last. Need Colin Singleton to write up a graph for um, um, the likelihood of the bigger balls, the more feminist ally. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I will say, also, by this point in the book, Ben has stopped saying his catchphrase of honey bunny, and I'm really, oh, really... Oh, that was that so yikes. That was so ick. That was so cringe. And he, he, called, he called the freshmen fresh honeys. Ugh. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it sounds like the guys who would call people like jailbait. Yeah. In, in, yeah. In high school. Yeah. Um. Ugh. Gus and his buddies leave, and then when they leave, Quentin, in his moment of meditation, comes up with a brilliant idea that maybe it's one of the pseudo subdivisions he hasn't visited yet that yeah. she might be at, and he finds a brochure conveniently at this place. So surely she's in one of these. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he he starts driving to them. Um, and now he gets called again from doing his, like, little Margot hunt to be like, hey, come to a party instead. Be a kid. Please. It's for the really love of God. Radar's parents are going out of town because you might not have guessed it. They're not the first world large collector of Black Santas. But the guy who has the biggest collection died. He just died. And they're going to go. Aneurysm. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to go buy it off of him. Um, you gotta do what you gotta do to stay on top. Yeah, yeah. and so and so Raider's gonna benefit from this and have a party and um, hide the the expensive ones. Keep away. them out. Keep them out. Maybe scare your guests a little bit. <laughs> Just like you know, like a, a whole. I had a, a boss one time, somebody I worked with, who turned on her camera and it was like all uh, American Girl dolls, like right there, and it's like I will listen to you. How Anything old? How said. many? How old was so she? So many older than me. I don't oh know. my god! Spitball forties. I think so. Spitball the dolls now. Eight? <laughs> was it eight? No! It was, it was like, it was like 30. I love that Maggie's like, how old is she? I'm like, which ones did she have? Spitball I marriage, have kids. marriage status. Single? <laughs> How's she filing? Married. How's she filing? Yeah. How many kids? She can't have kids. She has American Girl dolls No, she, she had like 30 or 40 right behind her. Oh, that's, I don't know. They're all like, lookalike dolls too. Yeah. She's like, I like them. And we're like, okay. I'm sorry. If I went to a party and it was the world, Guinness World's collector of American Girl dolls, I would steal so many. Oh, you'd have to. Are you kidding me? But if it was Black Santa's, I would not stay, take any of those. So it just goes to show whatever you're collecting. Yep. No, I, I don't think I would either. It shows how wild a world this is. So um, they are having this party um, since Radar's parents are out of town. Ben is really nervous because he thinks that Lacey thinks he's a bad kisser because he hasn't kissed many people before. He's so sweet. And he's all bravado. Yeah, and but Lacey likes kissing him and she'll defend it, which is actually kind of sweet. She was like, actually, use your tongue. Yeah, Do it. Use it more. <laughs> um, and this was also after Quentin was like giving him tips on how to kiss and then Lacey came and just like destroyed him and was like, no. What, what's the background on Quentin being a good kisser? Like, why was he giving advice? Yeah. Because, we don't know anything about him. Oh, like, he had Susie was his ex-girlfriend. Oh, she was in band. Yeah. He's established like, that he, he fucks. He's had one I kiss. So. I don't think he's had sex. Oh. Uh, he has not had sex. Yeah, he said that at some point. Oh. But I feel like Quentin has a little bit of riz because I've gotten from this that he is more attractive than Ben is yeah. what was said. Mm-hmm. I think he's tall. But is this is, is this is from Quentin's POV, though. I so know. So can we trust him? You're right. Probably not. Probably not. 
not. Quentin's like, yeah, I'm taller and hotter, and my friend's really short, and... My friends are lame, and I'm really <laughs> <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> just reading his diary. That's so funny. It's a nice moment at Radar's. All of the friends are sharing stories. Lacey's getting to know Ben through these stories, and back at Quentin's, he's mad, again, because Margo's still gone. He has no new leads, and then he realizes there were tacks on the map in his bedroom similar to the ones in the mall. So he calls Radar the next day to go to the mall. He ignores Radar talking about loving Angela. Uh, He's like, uh-huh, okay, that's nice. Radar's I like, love a girl. I you for the first time. Yeah, God, Quentin's a horrible friend. Yeah, he's being shitty. This is when I started not liking him. Really? Just now? <laughs> when he didn't, yeah, no, honestly, when he didn't listen to Radar be like, I love this girl. Yeah. It's like, Quentin, come on. He's so caught up. I, I, I stopped liking him a while ago, I think, but to each their own. But the court records show it was in this moment for Meg, for little It was definitely progressive for me. Yeah. 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 This guy sucks. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Radar does still help Quentin find some, like, more ideas with, like, the map stuff. Um, But they don't really get anywhere. No. And Ben's like, guys, we need to kind of cool it because, like, we know she's going to be back for graduation. Um, and I feel like we just kind of have to let her do her thing yeah, and she'll come back. let's live our That's lives. Kind of, yeah, like, let's live our lives. We're literally, like, gonna spend one more week in high school together. Yeah. Yes, because Ben even has the receipts to show this, because Radar has this one program he's made where he can put all of the points in the tags that were on the map into a system, and it will show you the route that she was gonna take. And it looked like the route was to California, to New York, uh, like South Carolina and then back to Orlando. It was five points. And yeah. if she went on that route when she had left, she was going to be back for graduation. Yeah. Um, but Quentin doesn't want to do this. Quentin wants to continue giving us the ick as readers <laughs> <laughs> and be on his merry way looking for Margot. He's gotten a little bit of a tip from Lacey that she has this notebook she would randomly journal in, but Lacey's like, it's probably with her. It's probably a lost cause. Don't think about the journal. Yeah. 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 But uh, we get, we get like a, a brief few pages of him like wrapping up his finals, cleaning out his locker. And then he like leaving the school for the last time. And he says like, oh, it was like, you know, the heart, it's so hard when you think about leaving. And then when you do, it's kind of easy all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the easiest part is leaving. Yeah. But like the hardest part is thinking about Like the about stuff it. leading up to yeah. it, which is kind of a theme in this book of like the, sometimes the best parts are the stuff leading up to it too. Yeah. Rather than the execution of it. Which, which is was, something Margo said too. Like yeah. sometimes like it's the planning that's the most exciting. And yeah. The execution's just like. Eh. Oh, it's just kind of like, oh, I was more, all the anticipation was there. It yeah. is kind of crazy like reading it back that it is, those moments just um, happen in high school and you have like ends and you don't really realize as you're like living it. So you do get sidetracked with like other things yeah. that now as an adult, I mean, I think yeah. I did high school fine, but, yeah. like, if I was reading this and I was obsessed about a girl and this was my life later on, I'd yeah. be pissed at myself. Yeah, so yeah. You miss, no. like, prom because of that. I know. Yeah. I don't think I was as mad as Quentin when I originally, like, read this, but, like, now, like, reading this back, I'm like, what the fuck? So hang out with your friends. Oh, my God. Yeah, before yeah. I was like, he's so right. He has to find her. Yeah, I was like, he's doing the right thing. And I'm like, no. Like, no, go play video games. She's, she's doing her thing. Let her do her thing. I know, seriously. Like, she's honestly putting you through the ringer. Like, yeah. come on. And he's 
kind of leaving his friends high and dry in these final moments because the next day is graduation. His parents get him a car, not just a car, a minivan. His very own minivan. And he's going to drive his friends to graduation. But first, um, Quentin is like, wait, wait, wait. I want to put these random cities and locations into that code thing Radar made to see if anything unusual pops up. And he finds Aglo, New York, which is this fictitious town that was created by Esso Company in the 1930s. And it was inserted into tourist maps as, like, a way that cartographers, map makers would know um, if it was, like, plagiarized. Yeah, if somebody um, else copied their maps. Yeah. yeah. And this is what he wants to do instead. He wants to go to Algo, New York. Yeah, because Margo's left a note saying, like, the population until this date at this time will be one person. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm a dictionary. So, so Quentin's going to bail on graduation, which is insane to me. His friends are like, you at least have to come, dude. Your parents are here. You got to walk for, like, five minutes. And he's like, oh, oh, no, I, I will this do it. This whole thing? Yeah, so he just, like, goes to his parents and is like, uh, I can't walk today. Bye. And then all of a sudden his friends agree, too, which I'm just like, Which is insane. What? I literally wrote in my notes, I, I was like, he almost misses his graduation. Nope, he missed it. <laughs> he missed <laughs> like, it. Like, he I also is delusional enough to think he can drive 23 hours by himself, which yeah. is why the friends come. Like, yeah. I also would be like, dude, I'm not letting you put yourself in harm's way. Now I have to miss yeah. my graduation. Honestly, too. I would just take his keys and throw them yeah. away. You don't get to have the privilege now. His parents were like, in shock. Imagine, they were so, they literally told him right before this, like, we're so glad to be your parents. And then he's like, I'm not going to graduation. Yeah, his, Quinta's parents are so nice to him and he takes them for granted yeah. so much. They're both therapists. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of um crazy. I mean, I don't think Margo intentionally did this, but I feel like Margo is trying to recreate herself with him and a lot of recreating herself is just a lot of casual cruelty yeah it's just a lot of inconsideration yeah yeah she's passing on her pain to him yeah so um, so this they, starts part three they get in this car they got all of radar's leftover beer from his party which is 220 wait what beers. is the name of part three called the, the vessel. vessel the vessel see i didn't read any of these so i'm learning it's something new as i'm going strings part one made sense the strings they're all getting unattached i get it she's depressed she wants yeah to vessel's leave. weird the grass i was like maybe we're all interconnected because now quentin's making friends and they're they're branching out what the fuck is the vessel oh well that was weird. I was like, is something getting transported? Like, I don't know. The alien? Like, it's yeah, not like weird. extraterrestrial. Um, but Radar, we find out immediately as this part starts, he is bailed on losing his virginity yep. to his girlfriend, whom he loves, to go hang out with his friends in a car for 20-something hours. Bro, like a horny teenager being like, nah, I don't want to have sex. No. I gotta like, go help my friend Q. To help your friend Q. He didn't even listen to me. Who For this girl he hasn't talked to in nine years. Like, What? That's I don't know. I incredible. I love all my friends so much, but like if either of you came to me and you're like, "Hey, would you miss out on this important life moment to go <laughs> hang out with someone I knew nine years ago?" They might not be there. I'd be like, "Yeah, no! yeah." On a tw- on what nineteen hour drive yeah. to a city that doesn't exist. I'd be like, "Buy a flight." Yeah, you have an emergency credit card I somewhere. Know. Why couldn't they buy a flight? I don't know. Jesus. And this section is split up into into hours. The first hour, thank God they have resident mom Lacey there because she has $35 in cash and a BP card so they yeah. can get gas and food. Otherwise, they would have been totally fucked. She uh, was like, you guys are boys. You don't know about this stuff, but I have a list of things we should do. Yeah. No, she, like, plans out their, like, first, like, six-minute stop of, like, here's everything we need to buy, here's what we're doing, and here's what we're doing it, it with. They calculate they have to go 72 miles 
per hour, which is, um, the, the speed limit's 55. They're, they're going fucking fast. Um, which if I they did not get know that in Florida. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's so slow. They said Georgia, your home state, is like it's 70. 70. 70, yeah. All rules are off. No, I guess so. No rules. <laughs> And boy, do I feel for Ben because it's the first hour and they can't make a pit stop until hour three and he has to pee. Same. I said, Laura and I are small bladder baddies. Yeah, Maggie and I would not make it far on this trip. Like, we stop every, like, hour Hour? Oh, my God. I can go, like, four or five hours without peeing. Anna's insane. That's so weird. Sometimes I will not see her pee in a day. (laughs) Anna, do you It's actually a myth. My my bodily functions are just a myth, you know? It's crazy. And you know how, like, some girls, like, don't poop? Like, I don't do anything. (laughs) That's literally me. Don't even think about me breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Blinking? Couldn't couldn't fathom it. I don't know her. (laughs) Blinker? I barely know her. So Ben gets pretty far into this, but they do have to pour out a thing of beer, because they have 212 bottles, and he fills up one whole bottle of beer and he needs to get another one. He's like, toss me another. And then they just throw it out the window. Yikes. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, the, the what's interesting is is this driving sequence. It's like multiple pages, but nothing like nope happens. Nope. They they, they play this weird. They, they, oh, they played the jiggle game, which was like offensive. Like like that guy's a jiggle. Is that the name? I think. Yeah, that guy's a jiggle. Yeah, the game just consists of them racially profiling, <laughs> yeah. stereotyping people on the road based on what they think their life and would be. Radar does call out Quentin for that. I, so. Oh my god, and Quentin's like, oh, oh yeah, and Quentin's like, yeah, you're right, like, what we say about other people is a reflection on us. Nice. Anyway, and then he, like, completely misses yeah. the point. And then later in the trip, Ben has to remind Quentin that he's still idealizing Margo, and I'm like, then Ben, why are you on this trip? You're enabling him. Yeah. Yeah. They literally are. It's insane. They get to Georgia, Georgia reminds, um... Ben of Florida. I said, Anna, are you going to take that? Because <laughs> I'm from Georgia. I get it because North Florida has like, I've been to so many stores there and there's like Confederate flags. Yeah. But it's like Florida's so flat. And I guess the bottom half of Georgia is flat too. So I I hate defending or saying Florida and Georgia. I don't think she's defending it. I think she's understanding where their logic is. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess so. That's fair. He can say that. Whatever. I'll kill him. <laughs> Anna is fine with that. Um, I guess. Maggie writing something down. Uh, interesting, interesting. Honestly, like both those areas are like North Florida and South Georgia is like bumfuck nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, that is fair. Also, uh, there was this one part because we, 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 we didn't talk about it, but this one part where um, accused parents are like, hey, um, Chuck got into University of Georgia. Like, even he could do that. And he's stupid. And I was like, why are you talking about my, my university like that? I That's was like, damn. So Dude, John had no reason. John had no John reason had no to put right. that in. John no Green, right. not, only, not only does he hate Georgia, uh, he hates women. Because Lacey, in this moment, she is upset they did not get fruit. And as we know, a woman can only put fruit, not carbs, in their body. Um, she was like, there's 30 milligrams of fat in this. I can't. Yeah, oh, great. Thank God we have a character who's, like, obsessed with calories. That's. There, there's a girl, yeah. there's a she ha- That's kind of her thing. You know? I feel like, unironically, John Green would be the kind of person who would be like, nom nom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that that just, like, that's that, really that, like triggered 2013 me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've gotten a Snapchat with those exact yeah, words. Jesus Christ. You're right, sorry. Let me I just had a flashback. Oh, my God. Trigger warning on nom nom. <laughs> 
trigger warning uh, <laughs> in the description of this episode. Um, trigger warning mention of Nom Nom. <laughs> You're right. Bringing it back to the book, Ben excellently does buy Radar a Confederate flag t-shirt that says Heritage Not Hate. That checks. Yikes. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, Hannah's seen that shirt before. Oh my god. Yeah. I feel like you... You maybe had a Confederate flag t-shirt. Me? Because you're from the South. No, right? Maggie, no, no. that's not how that works. <laughs> okay, the the old... That's like the old one. Um, what? Okay, okay, the flag of Georgia right now is the original Confederate flag. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. Yikes. And they changed it in 2009 to what used to be the Confederate flag. So, so they tried to make it better. They're like, but we'll, we'll get that. But it's still another Confederate flag. That's awful. Oh, that's nuts. I didn't know they changed it. Yeah. That's insane. D- but, but to keep it still in the same umbrella. Still Confederate flag. I don't Gosh. know if it was 2009. I think it was like 2002. Hey, but... Georgia, get a, another new flag. And this time, maybe try something different. Yeah. <laughs> They're crazy. The other two aren't working for you. Yeah. Florida's about to beat you out, is what we're <laughs> learning from this book. Florida's like very Confederate pridey. It's really weird. Yikes. Gross. Um, so while they are doing this, they're now taking shifts driving because mm-hmm. they're getting kind of late into driving. Um, Radar and Quentin drink way too many energy drinks. Um, and they are driving. Ben and Lacey are sleeping. Um, I could not do the energy drinks thing. I tried doing Adderall and driving all the way to Colorado, and it I was having an anxiety attack, and that's exactly what is happening here. So you're saying we should do that for our drive to Chicago, Think to Georgia. About it. We would die. Adderall. I would literally pass out. <laughs> it's awful. Um, they go to the next place. They wake up Lacey and Ben aggressively because it's their turn to drive they get new clothes because as we mentioned earlier for graduation they're naked under their robes yeah and they get stuck in traffic i mean this is it's just a montage of them driving yeah it's just i didn't write any of this down it's not very important most important part that happens in the sequence is there is a car accident they almost hit like a cow yeah um and so the car spins out i thought originally like the car like things shattered but no just like the beer bottle started to shatter and one yeah. like slices quentin yeah um, i thought he was done for right Me too. and how did they keep driving after i don't that? know they decide the car is fine and it's like y'all should at least go like talk to someone or tr- call triple a yeah but nope they keep driving quentin finally goes to sleep and then when he wakes up they've like finally made it to the exit of aglo that's kind of the tldr there yeah they were like 542 miles away when they swerved from the cow and then and then and then, and then it was like, fine. Whatever, we'll keep going. I would have called it off. So they get to this barn. They find Margo inside. And Margo's hunched over her notebook. She's got a brand new haircut that is listed as bad. Yeah. Um, and she's, like, not even addressing that they've shown up. She goes, oh, give You're- me a second. <laughs> I have to finish writing this thing. You yeah, walked into my office. You're interrupting. Yeah, I'm working. And also, I was like, holy shit, they found her. I thought she was dead. Yeah, and I literally, I literally, when you guys were like, oh, we're reading Paper Towns, I told people, I'm like, I know how it ends. <laughs> like, confidently. That's so funny. So it was genuinely so shocking. Like, I was like, what? You're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Um, so yeah, they find her. She's not dead. And it, That's yeah, a, a, fake, a death fake out? A Ooh, death fake out. In fact, out? she's kind of a bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. She makes fun of Lacey for hooking up with Ben, which would really suck. And Lacey's like, we came all this way to find you. And Radar uh, is like, you were nicer in your clues. Your Ooh, clues yeah. were nicer. Yeah. And, and then 
Lacey tells Margot off and then Quentin and Margot start to argue and Margot's like uh basically accusing him of wanting to save her, not like help her. Yeah. Um and they're yelling at each other. Um and they end up kind of calming down. Every the other three like kind of dissipate so Quentin and Margot can have their moment. Yeah, yeah. and then Lacey like calls Margot to have a conversation yeah. even though she's right outside. So, he does admit in this moment, which I think we've talked about previously, that um, this is the John Green being aware of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing. Yeah. Quentin does say that he's upset that she's not living up to the image of her in his head, and she is like, I just I just want to live how I want to live. Yeah. Um, you're not even mad at me. You're mad at this idea of me that you had. Yeah, because um, you didn't know her. In my head. Yeah. But then Margot also kind of flips this because she says, like, there's a version of Quentin that she has in her head. And she talks about her notebook and she wrote a story about these two kids who have these adventures and, you know, about the dead body they found. And he was the hero in her story. Yeah. He ended up dying in her story. But she um, ends up saying the reason that she left these clues was not because she wanted to be found, was because she wanted Quentin to have something to get him out of his, like, two-dimensional rut that she feels like he's in. Which is, like, dang. Yeah. (laughs) That's hard. There's that, and then she also, when explaining this idealized version of him in her head that he wrote about, she was, like, he kept being, like, you could have been friends with me this whole time, and she's, like, no, I, I, just back home, I thought people were either scared like you or vapid like Lacey. Yeah, and, and she also says that she kind of leaned into the paper girl that everybody thought she was. Yeah. She's like, I leaned into everybody's ideals of me. She, like, leaned into being, like, objectified yeah, exactly. by, like, people. That's and crazy. I kind of expected, okay, well, if this is the conversation they're having where she's aware that she is a manic pixie dream girl, she's on a pedestal, she kind of likes being on a pedestal, um, maybe this is her big moment of realization. But no, it seems like, actually, instead, they're flirting. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of didn't, I didn't want that, but they're flirting. I know, it felt, yeah. it felt out of place. It felt weird, yeah, yeah. because, um, she does tell him that she's not gonna go back, she calls her parents and says she's fine, um, and they end up just, like, kind of, yeah, kind of, like, talk flirting until they fall asleep. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, the, based on what tension? Yeah. Because they had never Because they haven't talked in nine years. Yeah. So it's, like, unless the tension has just suddenly been debriefed on, like, their, again, their ideals of each other. Yeah. But, again, it felt very out of place to me. Especially because they're two different people. He keeps being like, are you thinking of college? And she's like, well, Emily Dickinson says forevers are comprised of nows. And it's just... I mean, you're two different people. It's fine. Yeah. So after they fall asleep, uh, Margot has called her parents from Q's phone. Mm-hmm. She has set up calling her sister every week. Not gonna yeah. call her mom. She said, "Fuck out the way you, when you see me." Um, they wake up the next morning and they dig the uh, their graves of their like idealized versions, and she buries her notebook. I thought that was sweet. I kind of like that. Yeah. No, I, John Green is good at writing endings of books. You know. I will say yeah. the ending felt out of place from the rest of the book, but it, like, read really well. He was just playing around. Before. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it is a teenager. Like, he's supposed it to is. be annoying, too. Yeah. And also, we're dramatic. And boy, was he. I, I'm <laughs> saying we as in I'm co-opting teenager now at 30. <laughs> <laughs> so they dig these little graves. They say goodbye to their past selves. They start monologuing um, about something, you know. Our generation was really plagued. I wrote this down. with speaking like two manic pixie dream girls saying the grass is interconnected again. Oh, yeah. Um, he, and then we was... didn't know the cracks in each other. And now yeah. we do. 
Yeah, like the vessels being like, you know, we're all like without cracks, but it's only with the cracks we can see each other and through mm-hmm. for each, each other. And he's like, oh, metaphors have like implications. Like, he's like, metaphors mean things. Yeah. Whoa. You thought, you know, we were strings that broke. and But I thought we were grass and we're all connected. And yeah. We were just vessels. I feel like we always talk about how the Manic Pixie Dream Girl destroyed guys' ideas of girls, but we never talk about the effect it had on women in the fact that we would do the crazy things and lean into them like I got in a huge fight with my college boyfriend and I got out of his car and I stormed aggressively to the graveyard and I kept giving him life and death monologues to try to find me like Marco literally I was in the throes oh, yeah, you of were, like this. leaving notes yeah. or something and boy did he fucking hate it he did not find it cute <laughs> he was like I can I like can we fast forward through all of this like he doesn't get it like girls in college were like the FBI we can like track you down no matter what you left it so clear listen for him. like yeah the boys were gonna be obsessed and put the girls on the pedestals and that was wrong but what why don't we talk about the cringe shit that women did? <laughs> I can't think we need to because, talk about that. Because we let each other John Green should write more cringe women. <laughs> so true. But somehow, like, this ends up, they, they end up kissing, which, again, weird because, yeah. like, there's what, with what tension. Um, and they kind of have this moment of a, a crossroads where Margo invites him to come to New York, and he's like, no, you should come back. And they realize that they're just uh, different people. Um, yeah, and right? then they kind of realize they have to say goodbye to each other. So, uh, they do agree to write each other. Which is nice. He would have thought he was, she was dead. Yeah, no, but after that becomes my favorite line in this book where they talk about they're saying these things and they don't know, um, and they're saying these things to make them feel better. The, we'll write each other, we'll write each other. Yes. Um, and it's, I'm going to read it because it's, it's good. Yeah. yeah um, I, it's really, really quick. That. Um, so he, he says, I'll see you then and I'll write in the meantime, I say. Yes, she says without turning around her voice thick. I'll write you too. It is saying these things that keeps us from falling apart. And maybe by imagining these futures, we can make them real and maybe not. But either way, we must imagine them. So it's talking kind of about, I, I that's, and it's so nice because it's like, it, that's so true. And yeah. Real. You have to keep hope alive. Yeah. yeah like and like, you, you know, you say things to make you feel better and you kind of have to think of like, well, it'll still be okay. And yeah. it might, but it might not be. Which yeah. goes back to like John Green's point about paper towns. Like, yeah. like the paper towns are put on the map, but they weren't real, but eventually sometimes yeah. they were, but yeah. even but they were just mentioned. Yeah. So we have to imagine futures or we'll fall apart. Exactly. It's very sweet. Yeah. And in imagining futures we have a nice hypothetical existential future top five sort of <laughs> for this episode uh another sweet note from us <laughs> sweet note um this book is a lot of Margot. it seems trying to figure herself out and where she might go where she might be headed after algo if it's new york city where it is so we were thinking for the top five for this episode we would do top five career choices or life paths that Margot might Take after just hanging out in this barn and all go. Just ideas, suggestions. I'll take this this number five because I know I contributed this one to the list. I think a very realistic uh, life path for Margot uh, will be she'll run out of money in a month or two and immediately go back to Florida. New York's expensive. It is Even expensive. by like whenever this book was written standards. And she does not have a job. She's 18. Her bot mitzvah money cannot go that far. No. Absolutely not. Um, for number four, uh, this one, I kind of thought it would be great if she had it. Um, but this one, she has three kids and she realizes it's okay to not be contrarian. You know, 
like, hey, you hate the paper towns as a high schooler. It makes a lot of sense. You want to rebel against the system, but maybe you'll have kids and figure out that yeah. happiness takes on many forms. And also, maybe living in a subdivision <laughs> isn't the end of the world, Margot. Think about that. Yeah, God. Yeah. You can find a fun paper town. Um, and then number three is that she stays at Algo. Is that how you say it? Algo, Algo or Aljo? Aljo? I don't know. I kept thinking Algae. Because, yeah, yeah. I was. I think I was doing that, too. Yeah. But um, she stays and she becomes the mayor of the Algo town. Permanently yeah. populated at one. Kind I of love beautiful. It. She's like, I want a little power structure here. <laughs> um, and number two, this one was also Anna's idea. Um, she joins an art commune. She just does it. She yeah. just, God, and she's so brave for that. And I could definitely see that. I feel like I've heard stories of apartments where like eight people live in a two bedroom and then you get, you get, these are videos on YouTube and you get a tour of like how they manage to all live together. I, I feel like she could, she would oh, do that. Oh, she'd be great. Oh my yeah. God. No, I, we, you, we knew our friend Arlo, he lived in like a kind of like a, like an artist house where it's like everyone just like had like. Oh, he did. Yeah, and it was like it was like three hundred dollars a month, and it was just like a huge like warehouse type space Holy that people crap. lived in. Um, huh. And he he was very much like, yeah, you kind of get sick of it. And I was like, yeah, I could see that. I could one hundred percent see that. Um, but yeah, I could see Margo doing that too. Um, and number one, this was a kind of started as Anna's idea, and then Maggie and I forked it, and then we decided that's the whole idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, we think in New York, she will have a love triangle with Nick Cannon's character from Drawn Line. And Miles Teller's character from Whiplash. They're there. They're there. I don't and, think and Drumline takes place in New York, but, <laughs> but Miles now Teller is it there. does. It could. It could. It could. Anything's possible. It's kind of beautiful when you think about it. And, and that's going to bring us to our canceled character of the week. Ooh. Uh, and this is where we pitch our uh, character that we would like to cancel from this book as our worst character of this book. I love this. Um, Anna, as our guest, you you came in hot saying you had an idea. So who yeah, is your is canceled true. character? Oh, I mean, I just immediately thought of Q. Because he was... Wow. He, when he was playing that game, the, the gigolo one. Yeah. Which guy's a gigolo? Yeah. He, he was just saying weird stuff. You, and, uh, you know... Weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. And yeah, so I, I he he said a lot of weird things. That's a great contender. Yeah. As we were going through this book, I started to think of canceling Gus, the security guard, because he seemed Ooh. kind of predatory. Yes, on the thirteen year old. Yeah, market. just kind of weird. Of like, oh, we all used to hang out, and we that was that happened multiple times, both in like the kind of Margo talking about him, and then him yeah. talking about Margo later. So that was a little creepy to me. Gave me a little icky feeling. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. None of the 18-year-old friends I had at 13 were good. I feel like I would cancel Margo's parents. I think they started this Ooh. whole thing. I think oh, yeah. that they are not giving her proper care. I mean, listen, Quentin's parents is therapists, like, and... Analyzing, analyzing. Why? <laughs> Annihilating. Annihilating. <laughs> Analyzing the whole situation. Um, I was just like, this is exhausting. But I think they make a lot of points. I think that they are doing. They're they're not helping her at all. No. Get her in therapy. Oh yeah, neglectful, right? narcissistic. Literally, she saw a dead body at nine. Clearly, she's traumatized. She's got trauma. Um. God, this is hard. Those are all such good canceled characters. Um. I I would say the parents. I I'll concede the parents. That. Okay. Yeah. For boys her to be saying, boys, you know what I'm saying? Boys will be boys. I'm kidding. Don't. Don't. No. Don't do that. We're. I'm not editing this out because no, that's bad. <laughs> no, bad. Yeah. Um. Okay. Then Margot's parents are a canceled character of this week. Interesting. Fun. 
Do, do, are you okay with that? I am. You, I've won. Do you concur? Do you I concur. concur? <laughs> um, and this is going to be our Paper Towns episode um, this week. Anna, do you want our, our lovely followers to follow you anywhere? Um, <laughs> I'm a very private person. <laughs> Like, you can't follow me anyway. Anna was, Anna was super excited but really stressed about this episode. She thought it was the same as Laura and I performing comedy around town. Yeah, and we were like, just it's, talking. we're just talking about a book we all read. And honestly, yeah, and that was really and fun. And you had fun? I have a Twitter account. Yeah! I sometimes on Twitter. post on. Thanks. Say it. Um, say, it say the Twitter it's, account. Uh, it's um, Anna, A-N-A, underscore, um, F-T, like featuring, underscore, <laughs> Paula, like Paula Abdul. Okay. That's it. <laughs> that was so good. Paula. Anna featuring Paula. She did it. And we'll be interacting and liking Anna's tweets and retweeting every single one <laughs> at our own Twitter. Gotta <laughs> um, make him no pressure. Our Twitter is only Anna's content. It's <laughs> co-opted for ours. You can find us at our, our joint Twitter now with Anna. Uh, yeah, we read it. We are actually, actually, I'll be handling your Twitter. Honestly, now. good. We need some help with Twitter. We do. We do. And um, honestly, I have drafts. You, you just post them. That'd be great. Sweet. I can do, do that. it. Um, TikTok, we're also yeah, we read it. We don't do much there, but we hang yeah, out. Yeah, we, we go through phases. We go through phases. Um, Instagram, Maggie underscore and underscore Laura. And then what else? Uh, email us, Maggie and Laura present at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. I'll email you. you. Thank you. Okay. Anna's doing it. Why aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Gosh, if you if Anna can do it, anyone can do it. Like Anna's <laughs> such a trailblazer in that way. Exactly. I'm doing um, it right now. And so, just typing up an email. Um, and that's gonna be it for this episode. Oh, also like rate and review us if you want to. I feel like we kind of stopped saying it that at the end of episodes, but like that's still on the table. Oh, please do. I'm um, moving on town, but I'll try to hit up the Apple Store on Michigan Avenue. Give us ratings. Love it. Um, and we'll be back <laughs> next week with uh Fault in Our Stars. Fault in Our Stars is next week. With another fancy fun friend of ours as a guest. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye. Thank you. Wow. You did it. That was so fun.